This podcast is presented by All Copy Products, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Learn more at allcopyproducts.com. To the 15, to the 10, Murray's going to score, touchdown! Welcome to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. One-handed catch and a touchdown! DeAndre Hopkins! The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by Arizona Cardinals Podcast. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast. Here we go. This is it. Caught by Kirk at the 20, at the 10. Touchdown! Oh, baby. How's that feel? Here's Craig Grealoux, Mike Jurecki, and three-time pro bowler Kyle Vandenbosch. Well, one game doesn't change or erase the prior three weeks, but it does make all of us feel a heck of a lot better on what we witnessed on Sunday at AT AT&T Stadium. Cardinals beating the Cowboys 25-22. And yes, the three-game losing streak is over, but you can't change that. It is part of the Cardinals' journey here in 2021. But I look at you, Kyle Vandenbosch, and we always say you want to be playing good football going into the postseason. Cardinals were not playing good football the prior three weeks. No, that's exactly right. Um, you know, at times they couldn't get out of their own way. Um, it was, uh, you know, it wasn't one thing. It was a variety of mistakes, miscues, bad penalties, poorly timed penalties, um, you know, and a lot of that got fixed on Sunday. And honestly, I mean, you're exactly right. Um, it was it was a good test against a good team in a tough place to play. Um, and this team has to be feeling a lot better. And I know they said they didn't get discouraged, um, but you know the way they had played, the way they had looked out on the field the past few weeks before this game, um, it didn't look good. It didn't look good for their hopes heading into the playoffs when you want to be playing, like you said, your best football and have that momentum. Kyler Murray was insistent last week going into that game, MJ, that they were close. And I don't know if they found something. I don't know if they've reached that as far as a team because there were little mistakes offensively, defensively, that if that game was flipped, we're talking about. Yet when you win, all of a sudden the stuff that gets the positive, that gets highlighted. And he brought that up, talking about Kyler Murray last week as well. But all three phases, offense, defense, and special teams, they needed every bit of that against a very good Dallas Cowboys team. Yeah, and when we got wind that, DJ Humphreys was going to be out, and you're thinking, all right, how are they going to figure this out? And then Kelvin Beecham obviously had a ton of starts with the New York Jets and the Pittsburgh Steelers, and so he slid over there, and I thought he settled down. And then, you know, Josh Jones, besides the false starts and holding penalties, um, you know, now that Beecham gets uh, Hump gets back, so they get Beecham over there. But I, I thought the offensive line, and it all starts with Rodney Hudson. I mean, I can't say enough how much they miss him. He's kind of like the MVP besides Kyler Murray or James Conner this year. I mean, just settles things down, make, helps Kyler with the calls. He was able to sit in the pocket. And to me, that's the offense they want to run. And, you know, the fact that Kyler did throw the ball down the field a few times, and that was encouraging because I thought he was pressing in those three games. And, you know, I brought this up, and maybe it's just me, but I thought once they clinched the playoff berth, and I'll grant it, it, it happened uh, based on the 49ers and the Vikings losing, I thought they felt more like they're free. We can just go out there and play football. We don't have to worry about the playoffs anymore. And so, to me, that's where they were. And you could see they were more confident and they played with more energy when they stepped on the field on Sunday. 
11 wins now here in 2021 going to the playoffs in two weeks could very well find themselves back in dallas for a wild card weekend showdown we'll get into that a little bit later on here on the show but let's look back take you back to sunday at AT at&t stadium 25 22 the final here's the head coach cliff kingsbury we just wanted to be playing our best football at the end of this thing um, to give us ourselves a real chance to, to make a run. And uh, that's a big step in the right direction. We've got a tough Seattle team coming in. They're you know, one of the most prideful teams in the league. We know it's going to be a dogfight, so we've got to get back to work and grind it out this week and try to get one week better. Eight road wins, Kyle. That is a franchise best. Now, again, you're playing nine road games now in this 17-game regular season schedule. But going 8-1 and one on the road, that's something you can hang your hat on. Absolutely. Um, you know, it, it's the measure of, of a good team, the measure of a team with leadership, with character um, to go into um, different stadiums and to play the, well, the way they have played to, you know, the, the biggest thing when you travel is to take care of the ball, win the turnover battle. And that's what they've done repeatedly um, on the road. Um, and, and, you know, uh, the way things are shaking out, um, you know, you've got to feel good about, you know, wherever they go. They, you know, could still have a home game, but um, they go into these tough environments and it's, it's you know, it's a notch up. I mean, the fans are going to be crazier. Um, you know, the atmosphere is going to be that much more lively, but this team doesn't blink. Um, they walk into these stadiums like it's their home field and they take advantage of it. Only three turnovers on the road. 21 of the team's 24 takeaways have come on the road. Here's A.J. Green on what happened on Sunday. We battled for the guys to come back and refocus and on the road uh, against a hot team um, in their environment. Uh, I think it says a lot about our team, man. We just put our head down and, and kept working, man. We was, It was a great team win. Played clean football, too. MJ, you talk about not turning the ball over, and yeah, there were seven penalties, only two in the second half, and a lot of those penalties happened early in the game, and three were on one defensive drive that the Cardinals allowed the Cowboys to score a touchdown, but clean football, that was the word Kingsbury used going into the bye week. We hadn't seen it during the four games prior, but we did see it on Sunday. Well, it was they didn't shoot themselves in the foot, and they were playing complimentary football. When you play complimentary football, you know, we always talk about if this team can get a lead. It was three and then ten nothing, and you're thinking, all right, just, you know, I think they, they play more confident. Um, but I do think, you know, third downs was impressive. Um, you know, red zone. Two for four, you'd like to, you, you know, Matt Prater kicked four field goals. Some of those field goals, you'd like to get touchdowns. And, and the fact they were two for two on fourth down and with the fake punt. So uh, those were encouraging where maybe the last couple of weeks they weren't converting those fourth downs. Seven of 16 on third down as an offense, and then three of 11, the Cowboys were on third down as a defense so yeah sustaining drives and getting your opponent off the football field exactly and you know I, th- I thought the offense looked like you know um, what we saw earlier in the season even though you know Chad Edmonds was kind of banged up but Kyler Murray's running a little bit more and the fact they didn't have James Conner um, I thought they did a good job and, and you know Jonathan Ward's getting a couple of reps there He's a physical guy, uh, more of a special teams guy. But you could see, you know, Collar's a weapon, and he protects himself. And he's going to be a, he's going to be a weapon. Uh, imagine when they get Connor and Edmonds back, and he's going to be a luxury when it comes to running the football. And don't forget, no Rondell Moore 
on Sunday. He's missed now the past two games because of an ankle injury. Back to Dallas in the locker room. Paul Calvisi catching up with Corey Peters. We definitely have taken a step forward as far as our focus in our walkthroughs and our practices and our meetings. Um, and this team has won a lot of games. You know, we're not going to change the way what we think about ourselves. We know we're capable of beating anybody, um, but we just have to execute at a high level. And of course, this Cardinals team, Kyle, has Kyler Murray. And going into that building, he is undefeated. And he walked out of that building still undefeated, 8-0 as a starting quarterback, 9-0 overall when he walks into AT&T Stadium. I don't know if there's any rhyme or reason, but it's obviously he's very comfortable in that building. Well, the reason is he's a good player. I mean, he's he he's a competitor, um, you know, and, and, you know, I loved – I growing up in Iowa, I never got to play in my home state, but I like to go to Minneapolis. I like to go to Denver where family could come and travel and watch me and your high school teammates and your coaches and your buddies. And, you know, you get to see a lot more people and, and there is, you know, you do get confidence in certain places. You feel like I own this place. You get confidence against certain opponents. You get confidence against going against a certain player and you just feel like, well, you know, I've been here before. I've done this before. And just that, you know, that little bit of edge when you feel like you're invincible and you're unbeatable and you're going to find a way to win because you've been there, you've done it um, in that place before. It does make a difference. Two regular season wins against the Dallas Cowboys at AT&T Stadium. Yeah, Kyler Murray certainly loves playing in that building. Here's his head coach, Cliff Kingsbury. He just had that look in his eye like he wasn't going to lose this game. That team had been feasting on negative plays and turnovers, and we didn't turn it over, which was huge. It was really the difference in the ballgame. Two touchdowns for Kyler Murray. We'll get into the offensive specifics coming up, but playing again. I'll go back to that clean football. You protect the football, you get a takeaway. Cardinals were able to get three points off the Isaiah Simmons forced fumble. Yes, Kyler Murray, you always have an opportunity. You have a chance when your quarterback is playing good football. Yeah, and if you look at it, you know, 20 yards or more, he completed three of seven attempts for 104 yards. Um, 10 of 19, he was three for five there, but from zero to nine, take what the defense gives you. He was 14 of 15 for 77 yards, and he threw six passes behind the line of scrimmage, and that kind of slows down the pass rush from the Dallas Cowboys. So, again, I like how he managed the game, but also he made the right decisions when he had to run the football. Overall, what the Cardinals did on Sunday has put them in position now here in Week 18. It's very simple. They can still win the division. Rams lose, Cardinals win. The NFC West is there. They can finish no lower than the five seed. They can still host a first-round playoff game, but all the scenarios, and there are a number of them, have this team going on the road, either at Dallas, at L.A., at Tampa Bay. But the most likely scenario, as we talked about, is going back to the Dallas Cowboys. But, again, playing for something here on the last game of the regular season, Kyle, when earlier, mid-December, we didn't know if that was going to be a possibility with this team. No, you're absolutely right. And, and, you know, going back to what Corey Peters said, um, you know, 16 games is a long season, 17 is even longer. And to have the same level of focus, the same level of preparation um, each week, uh, regardless of opponent, I mean, when you're staring at week 10, 11, 12, I mean, it just gets to be Groundhog Day and you're sick of going into the same building every day, sick of seeing the same teammates every day. And it's hard to keep and maintain that focus. But this team has done a good job of, tightening up and getting dialed back in because really 
uh, this game this past Sunday and this upcoming game, they will have that playoff-type atmosphere, even though it's not technically playoffs, but they're games with implications, games that mean something, and if nothing else, that means a lot, like you said, how you're playing, playing clean football. And, and if I can just say one other thing about clean football um, – it was so good to see Prater um, just be money again because as a fan, um, you watch those games and going into the playoff when your kicker is struggling because at times your kicker struggles, it becomes a, a, a season-long thing or at least for the rest of the season, and he got it fixed. And really the kicking game was the difference in the game. Let me ask you this. Um, you know, we asked players last week, and Craig and I were talking, do you, do you go into the, uh, the game against the Cowboys treating it like a playoff game? And usually if it's a playoff game and you lose, you go home. Should the Cardinals treat this like a playoff game against the Seahawks? I, I've been bouncing that around in my head all day. I mean, it, it, at what cost? I mean, you have two beat-up running backs. Do you make them go out there because you treat it like it's lose and go home? Or um, do you rest them because the ultimate prize is coming up? It's a big decision that we await from the head coach as we move forward and closer to week 18. On the other side here on the Cardinals Red Sea reports, the offense and what they were able to accomplish with Kyler Murray at quarterback. But again, no James Conner, no Rondell Moore, no DJ Humphreys, yet this team found a way on offense. This is the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. center is Murray. Ward is the running back. He takes, he boots to the left. Now he throws back across his body into the end zone for a touchdown. It's caught by Wesley. That was Kyler Magic that time. And the Cardinals with a huge touchdown here on fourth down. Third and six of the 19. Kyler takes the snap. Short set. Lobs it deep near side at the one yard line. Oh, what a catch. Antoine Wesley into the end zone for a touchdown. How did he pull that down? And how about the toss by Kyler Murray? A huge score for the Cardinals early in the third. <laughs> Kyler Murray with a beam to Antoine Wesley one-on-one -on, -one on the outside. Let the big man go up and bring it down. The Texas native Antoine Wesley, two more touchdowns, bringing his career total to three. All in the last two weeks, Antoine Wesley filling in the position. Now, I'm not saying he's filling in for DeAndre Hopkins, but he is filling that spot within the offense, and he has delivered. Cardinals beat the Cowboys 25-22 as we continue here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Gregory Luka Vandenbosch and Mike Jarecki, specifically Antoine Wesley. Two very difficult catches. The first one didn't look like it until you watched the replay because that ball, Kyle, was tipped, and... Wesley still was able to catch that football, but it was not spinning like it's supposed to. It was rotating and end over end, yet on fourth down, that was something that the Cardinals needed to come away with points at that point. Yeah, that was a huge play. Um, you know, fourth down down there to come up empty a second time. I mean, they got the field goal the first time down there. Too. If they came up empty that second time, um, you know, that would have been devastating. And uh, the play call was great. 
the read by Kyler was great, and then the catch was phenomenal. I mean, I I don't know if people understand how difficult that is to be focused on a ball that all of a sudden gets tipped just a few feet in front of you to keep that focus and to catch that ball and come down with it. It was it was a huge momentum uh, booster for the Cardinals in that game. You were at training camp, and you know initially the first couple of weeks, maybe the first ten days, we thirty three was catching everything, and then we didn't see him for a while, and then you find out he played for Cliff, and he knows the offense, and. And I can tell you this, um, you know, Craig brought up a great point. He's got to get a little stronger because sometimes the ball gets knocked out of his hand, and you could tell Kyler uh, had a conversation with him. But I can tell you this, it seems like Kyler trusts him, and when a quarterback trusts you, he's going to throw the ball to you. And he was mic'd up, and he said, hey, just keep feeding me the ball. I'll be fine. So um, I think I think when you look at his size and – his catch radius, and he's only going to get better. Uh, I think he's going to be a nice luxury moving forward at the wide receiver position. Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry. Absolutely, and again, you know, the thing we keep talking about this year in these type of games, um, a huge credit goes to Steve Kime and the scouting department for having depth on this team. When you can rely on a player like that, and he is a huge reason that you come out with a win against Dallas, um, you know, the the scouting department and the coaching staff are getting him ready to play and and contribute the way he did. Second touchdown for Wesley, a jump ball. He high-pointed that one and uh, out-jumps Anthony Brown to make it 19 to 7. AJ Green, who had some great catches as well, talked about Wesley's performance. Man, it's just unbelievable. I'm so happy for that kid. Tweezy, man, the way he works. You know, coming in training camp, we know Tweezy, he was different. The way he, he, he went about um, his business on, on and off the field, man. That guy just works his butt off. And I'm just so happy that people can see and, and his hard work is paying off for him. Now, the most impressive parts of the offense, at least for me, Kyle, was the final 442. You're up one possession. You have 442 left. You don't want to send the defense back onto the field. Not that the defense wouldn't be able to get another stop, but at that point, Dak Prescott's rolling. He's passed for two fourth-quarter touchdowns. He's kind of figured things out a little bit. Yet, Kyler Murray and that entire offense said, no, we're going to gain four first downs. We're going to force you to burn your final two timeouts. Going to go to the two-minute warning, and we're going to get into victory formation. That's what you like to see. Absolutely, and again, um, this is something we've talked about through various points of the season, you know, not just ending the game in victory formations, but huge drives eat up large chunks in the fourth quarter. Um, you know, I was curious. I went and looked um, where the Cardinals stood in time of possession and then more specifically in the fourth quarter. Well, they're seventh in time of possession, but in the fourth quarter, they're number one in the league in time of possession. And that is what they have done over and over and over is get a lead, whether it be big, whether it be small, and just eat up clock and really just – take away any opportunity that the other team might have to come back. All right. What did you think when they passed on the first down? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, sometimes when the box is loaded, it's what you got to do. And then Kirk was open. It was just a little bit of an overthrow. It's true. And then Murray went left end for 15 yards and Chase went for three. And then Murray went for 11. And then obviously Chase 11. And then Dallas started had a burner timeouts. But I'm like, no, don't throw the ball. Yeah, well, it's the exact same conversation we had on, <laughs> on a key, like, fourth and short earlier in the right. season when he went deep to D-Hop. You know what it does is it puts it in the back of people's mind. We can't have all 11 guys up in the line of scrimmage. We've got to be worried about them, you know, Kyler airing it out and going for a big chunk play. Smart play on that drive. Zach Ertz as well. Another pass play, but he gave himself up and make sure to stay in bounds to keep that clock going, and that's when the Cowboys were forced to burn their second uh, timeout with 3.01 to play. After the ball game, head coach Cliff Kingsbury and what he saw on that final drive. 
K1 kind of took that on his on his shoulders and had some great checks on a couple of those option plays. He zone read. Um, you know, we had the quarterback draw to start, so uh, we knew we kind of kept the defense out there too much. Uh, the last couple of drives we'd stalled, and so we knew we had to end it the right way. And that O line played their tails off those backs. Chase was banged up, but kept fighting, and just couldn't be more proud of that last drive. First time since week five, the offense ran out the clock, walked off the field with a one possession lead. Week five at home against the 49ers. They did it. Milk the final 4-12. That's what you like to see. A four-minute offense, that's the definition of what a four-minute offense is. Yeah, and, and there's been times, um, and you corrected me uh, you know, previously on Cards Cover 2, that you know, I look at the uh, the Titans game, how much they ran the football in the fourth quarter, but you told me the Titans were on the field to end the game. And there was a few other games like that, the Rams. Um, even though the Cardinals ran the football in the fourth quarter, the Rams finished the game. So a little bit difference here. And teams work on that four-minute offense all the time. I mean, two-minute offense, four-minute offense. And when you can do that and they have no timeouts, it's got to be demoralizing knowing that he couldn't challenge the possible fumble, and then you're just sitting there just waiting for the clock to, to expire. Hey, sometimes you catch a break, but I think there's an aspect of you create your own breaks because they were without that third timeout because they called it in the third quarter when Jeff Rogers – Dialed up, Matt Prater split wide, Aaron Brewer in the slot, and Kyler Murray going to go for it on fourth down. And all of a sudden there was confusion. Cowboys forced to call a timeout. That's, that's creating a break at, at the end of the game that you benefited from. Right, and you, you you know in that situation you didn't know how how crucial that timeout would have been in the game, um, but I mean it's there's so many moving parts and so many little things throughout the course of a football game, and that's what you know good coaching do it does I'm sorry, and you know that you've heard this team talk about working on situational football and that's what that is is you know it's not something uh, me sitting at home on my couch eating chips thinks about you know doing those types of things or taking advantage of those types of things or even you know, I had no idea that they would go for it, you know, uh, on a fake punt deep in their own territory. But those are things that coaches, you know, stay up late at night and break down film and look for opportunities because um, especially playoff football, right? Playoff football, it's there's very few blowouts once you get to the playoffs. It all comes down to these little decisions that are made throughout the course of a game and not just the last minute in the game. And when you look at that staff between Kellen Moore and Dan Quinn and, and Bones, John Fossil, John Fossil is one of the better respected uh, special teams coordinators in football. And I think Jeff Rogers is at the same conversation because, that, like you're right, he, they studied that stuff. And if they see a certain formation or how they're going to attack, that's when they bring it up. And it was interesting. Kyler was mic'd up, and Cam Turner's going to, talking to him, going to the sidelines, saying, don't go sit down. Don't sit down because it normally goes to the bench. And he, so all of a sudden when that happens, he's going back out there. So it was fascinating just how the how the dyna- dynamics worked to everyone was on the same page. And that turned into a 15-play, 91-yard drive that took almost eight and a half minutes off the clock, something you don't typically see with this offense. But again, when you're not making mistakes, you're not committing penalties, you're not committing turnovers, this offense is capable of doing what we saw on Sunday. Here's Kyler Murray. You know, you, you could just feel it throughout the week. Um, guys were ready to step up. And, you know, you're losing three games in a row. There's something's got to, you know, something's got to give. Um, and today we just came out and executed, played hard, uh, fought for four quarters against a great team, like I said, uh, and, got, and got the job done. Again, I think when we go back and watch it, there's still a lot of stuff that we need to clean up. But uh, when, like, when you play clean football, you, you, you give yourself a chance. 
clean up what's going on inside the red zone. But this team, and we've talked about it, MJ, the 30-plus rushing attempts. This team is now 9-0. and They did not run the ball yards per carry very well, but the number of times they ran the football, even when they was getting stopped, they never abandoned the run. No, and and you didn't have James Conner in the last couple of weeks. It's been close. And then, you know, Edmonds looked like he got banged up a little bit too. And that's where Kyler Murray came in. But, you know, that's when you looked at that three-game losing streak. They were throwing the ball 75% of the time, running it at only 25%. They were throwing 40-plus a game, running 20 that's the recipe when it comes to if your defense can force a couple turnovers and you get over 30 um, uh, uh, attempts. And it doesn't have to be for 150 yards. It's the 30 attempts. It's when these first downs happen coming off a third down. So that's how this team is able to shorten the game a little bit uh, by running the football. And to me, it opens up the play action. 127 rushing yards total. Chase Edmonds, 18 carries, 53 yards. We'll see about his status this week. Same thing with James Conner. But 32 rushing attempts. You play with the lead, you're able to do that. But I'd like to see this team sustain it as far as even if they get behind by a score or two, it's easier to run the football when you have a lead, and the Cardinals did for that entire game on Sunday. Right, but, you know, it was never a huge lead. The game was never out of hand. It wasn't um, like they were protecting a, you know, two, three touchdown lead, and they just kept, you know, being happy with three runs and a punt. Um, You know, it it was impressive, the commitment to the run, like you said. Um, You know, they didn't break you know with the exception of the first two plays of the game they didn't really break any runs it was a lot of just short ones but it keeps the defense guessing um it makes the defensive coordinator guess it makes the defensive lineman you know instead of getting in the backfield trying to attack the quarterback um you know you're sitting on the last scrimmage trying to play the run and you know on the flip side um, you know, Dallas, in spite of the fact that they have one of the best running back tandems in the league, they abandoned the run. They became really predictable, and Dak Prescott, you know, was not able to deal with some of the looks um, that the that he was getting. What did you think of the first two plays? Edmonds ran for 14, and then Greg Dortch, 24-yarder. I mean, at halftime, um, this team, yeah, at, at the first half, they had 12 carries for 55 yards, 4.6 and Dallas 10 for 25 yards, 2.5. I love the first two plays of the game. Yeah, absolutely. And and you talk about training camp. Greg Dortch is another guy that kept showing up and uh, played well in preseason games. And, um, you know, that, that play that he had on that jet sweep, um, if you didn't know better, you would have thought it was Rondell Moore. Everybody was wondering, what are we going to do without Rondell Moore? And, and he looked, you know, almost every bit as quick and explosive on that play. So it's just another, you know, weapon that teams have to deal with. Those two running plays, the two longest running plays of the first half and of the game until Kyler Murray took off and ran for 15 yards. His carries all came in the second half, and as Kyler Murray goes, this team goes. Here's A.J. Green. Everybody knows this is K-1's team, and it goes as he goes, and we know what he's capable of. And for him, man, he just we just got to be well, we got to be right behind him. The way his focus was this week, you know, this is his home state. He owns this. He's a legend here. Um, I know he wanted to play good, so we had to play good for him. Again, the stats: eight and zero at AT&T Stadium, nine and zero when he walks into that building as a player. Much of that success happening during his high school years, but now in back-to-back seasons winning against the Dallas Cowboys. Question is, will he be asked to do it again 
in a couple of weeks. That will depend on what happens in week 18. Cardinals and Seahawks coming your way on Sunday, 225 is the kickoff. 9.30 a.m. pregame coverage begins. We'll touch on that contest a little bit later on. But first, the defense. They need their props as well. And Vance Joseph dialing up one of the better game plans in his entire Cardinals career, at least in my opinion. The Day Patch Podcast, episode 23, featuring Cardinals VP of Pro Personnel Adrian Wilson, premieres Wednesday. To catch up on past episodes, follow the Day Patch Podcast via your preferred podcast provider. Get the latest updates via Twitter at HashPod. Yeah, Adam doesn't speak much, so this is must listen <laughs> on Wednesday morning. We have hit halftime here on the Cardinals Red Sea Reports. Cardinals 11 and 5, 8 and 1 on the road. And they did it on Sunday, a lot of the reason because of their defense. That's straight ahead here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Second and 11 under center is Prescott. He takes, drops back to throw in trouble. Steps up, and he gets away from a Cardinal. Runs forward, fumble the ball at the 40, and the Cardinals jump on it at the 44-yard line. Dak coughed it up, and it's recovered by Arizona. Dennis Gardeck has the ball. Isaiah Simmons popped it out, recovered by Gardeck. A huge play by Isaiah Simmons, who came on the blitz and then missed the tackle attempt, but continued to follow Dak Prescott downfield and punch the pig out. What a play by number nine. Helps set up Matt Prater's fourth and final field goal of the game and the difference of the ball game. Those three points, Cardinals beat the Cowboys 25-22. As we welcome you back here to the Cardinals Red Sea Report, Craig Rhea, Luke Vandebosch, and Mike Jarecki, Isaiah Simmons, a team best nine tackles, but that forced fumble, he blew up Ezekiel Elliott and then missed Dak on the sack, came all the way back to punch that ball loose, and Dennis Gardeck recovered it. So we were talking during the break, Kyle. That is not an easy play to make. Yes, you missed the sack, but do not give up on the play if you're a second-year player. Right. Those are my favorite, man. It, those those effort-type plays, the plays that not everybody really appreciates. But when you see guys um, either come all the way across the field or not give up on a play, um, and, and again, it shows – uh, the type of impact player he can be, the type of athlete he is to make a play like that come back and to be able to punch the ball out from behind. Um, it, it really became, you know, the biggest play of the game right there to get the ball back in that situation. So, um, you know, a lot of credit goes to him uh, for not giving up, even though he missed the sack and to make that huge play coming from behind. Overall, the number one scoring offense, number one total offense, and a very good rushing offense this Dallas Cowboys offense overall MJ shut down by Vance Joseph who was missing Jordan Phillips Marcus Golden Devon Kennard Marco Wilson and Robert Alford who remains on IR yeah and you know I thought he did a good job um there were a time I thought he was playing a a true 4-3 where you had Collins on the outside along with Jones and then Hicks was in the middle and then Isaiah got a chance to cover either slot corner um, where Amari Cooper on one route, and then he was covering the tight end. He, got, he trailed the tight end a few different times in Schultz. But 
for the most part. I mean, C.D. Lamb, three catches, 51 yards. Michael Gallup, until the injury, three catches, 36 yards. Amari Cooper, three catches, 18 yards. And he was he was chirping the last couple of weeks, and he got the ball in the previous game. And then really, you know, when you look at Elliott or Pollard, really weren't effective in the, in the screen game. And that was surprising. And totally, when you look at it, the Cowboys – you know, it's uh, the final statistics, 17 carries for 45 yards. No wide receiver had more than 55 receiving yards. Those 45 rushing yards, a season low from a Dallas Cowboys offense. Here's head coach Cliff Kingsbury. Can't say enough good things about that. I mean, we had guys uh, plugged into spots that hadn't seen the field much, and, and they stepped up and, and did a great job, and that's a credit to, to Coach uh, Joseph and, and, you know, that defensive staff, man. They had those guys ready to roll. Uh, it looked like they were confusing them on third down, changing up the looks, changing up the leverages, and um, just a tremendous night for those guys. Saw a lot more of Zayvon Collins, Victor DiMukeji, Dennis Gardeck at outside linebacker. Kevin Peterson got the starts at corner. So guys stepping up in the absence of those five names that we mentioned earlier. Here's Corey Peters after the ball game. Yeah, I think we, we brought pressure a lot, gave him some different looks, um, some some different things than we had been doing. You know, but honestly, it's just about everybody stepping up and executing when their number's called. Um, we had some young guys step up and guys make plays, missing some guys, Marcus, um, DK, um, and, and young guys stepped in and, and we didn't miss a beat. What did you see, Kyle, from Dak Prescott as far as how he looked in the pockets versus what Vance Joseph was doing as a defense? Yeah, he looked confused. He didn't look comfortable. I mean, he he wasn't throwing the ball well, didn't look like he was playing with confidence. Um, you know, some of his key contributors had drops. Um, you know, they really they did a good job of, of mixing it up. And, uh, again, I think, you know, just watching the game again today, I think um, Buda Baker was so impactful coming up, especially in run situations. And, um, you know, he's he just covers so much ground. And I think for offenses to have to account for him and where he might line up, um, it, that's that's where they have a lot of difficulties. He's he's the guy that's really the the game changer, and you can you know they have to know where he is because um, you know he <laughs> he had the the only sack in the game. It was, it was a struggle getting Dak down, which which shows how strong he is because he went for a little bit of a ride, but um, he he really had a huge impact on on what Dallas was trying to do. Now with uh, getting Marcus Golden back and Kennard, uh, don't know how much we're going to see Zayvon Collins. What did you see from him from an outside standpoint? Um, I, I thought he played well. I mean, you could see he had a big hit on Zeke um, at, at one point. Um, he's a big physical player. Um, you know, I think uh, he, he still needs to play a little bit better in space. Seems a little uncomfortable at times in space. But, um, you know, I think it was it was a big step for him. Played the most snaps in the last, I think, four weeks. 19 snaps on defense, a lot as outside linebackers, some inside as well. Kyle, you brought up. Buda Baker and what he was able to do, the one sack, almost had a pick six on one of those screen passes. might have been the first pass attempt of the game from Dak Prescott, but here's Buda Baker after the ball game describing what that defense did to Dak. We knew with this high-potent offense in the Dallas Cowboys that if we showed a static look, you know, Dak was going to see it and he was going to dice us up. So we definitely try to show so many different things and try to just confuse him a little bit. That's a good quarterback in Dak Prescott. His overall number is 24 of 38, 226 yards, three touchdowns. That's a solid performance, 63% completion percentage, three passing touchdowns, two in the fourth quarter. But it was how he looked early on in that game, MJ, that he looked frustrated. He looked 
out of sync. And to Kyle's point, he his receivers didn't help him either. No, he finished the game with six yards uh, per attempt with an average depth of target of 4.9. Now, according to Pro Football Focus, he was getting rid of the ball 2.13 seconds. So he was trying to get rid of it. Um, 34 dropbacks. And again, they only had 12 handoffs to the running backs, for, and they went 16 yards on nine carries. Pollard gaining nine yards on three carries. So, and they combined for one rushing first down. The Dallas Cowboys running backs. Overall, when you look at some individual performances, I know the stats don't say it, but Chandler Jones certainly affected things especially on that first drive there was a tackle for loss he got a holding penalty or uh, drew a holding penalty and just those little things you know you're not going to win games in the first quarter Kyle but you can certainly kind of set the tone and we've seen the defense set the tone early in games that allows the offense to do what it wants to do yeah really when this when this team is playing well it's when the defense comes out hot and they did and Chandler Jones was a big part of that Um, you know uh, and I think Paul um, alluded to it. You saw a lot more energy and passion from Chandler in this game, um, and that's what they need from him. Um, as not only you know one of their premier playmakers on this defense, but as a leader, um, for him to bring that type of juice. Um, you know there was a lot of new pieces on the field on Sunday, um, and they're always looking to the veterans, the guys that have been there, the guys that have done that, to see you know how they should act, what they should do, um, and, and how they should play the game. And, and Chandler really set the tone. Are you encouraged? Because after that first run against the Colts, Taylor only averaged 2.5 yards a carry. Last week, obviously, they were able to shut the run game down. And we know when you get to the postseason, teams are going to try to run the ball. Obviously, weather can be a factor if you're playing outdoors. Are you encouraged what they've done the last couple of weeks just based on they're not getting gashed like they were prior to, during a three-game losing streak? Absolutely. It's it's you know one of the remaining questions for – this team, it seems like it had been something that a fire they hadn't been able to put out all season, um, and to do that, to put that on your resume going into the playoffs, um, it gives them a lot of confidence. Um, I feel like you know a lot of it's scheme wise and in, in what they're doing to take away the run, and it's good to see that they're they're getting it figured out because, like you said, um, you know playoff football is a whole whole another animal, and um, it's physical, and and teams that run the ball well in the playoffs typically have the best success. Jonathan Taylor had 108 rushing yards but 43 on the first play and then basically had nothing Ezekiel Elliott nine carries 16 yards had two carries for no yards in the second half so maybe they won't get talking about that Cardinals defense any more questions about the run defense but I believe it was Corey Peters earlier in the year hey people are going to start going to continue to bring it up until we stop it and perhaps the Cardinals have over the last couple of weeks stopped that rushing attack from opponents Single-game tickets are on sale now. Visit azcardinals.com slash gameticks. That's azcardinals.com slash gametix. There is one more home game, at least one more home game. The regular season finale next week, or I should say a couple days from now, against the Seattle Seahawks. We'll discuss that and how it factors into the NFC West and the NFC playoff picture. That's all straight ahead here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. though it's a direct snap and now a throw downfield and inside the 45 yard line it's caught caught at the 40 yard line there's a flag down trying to see who caught the ball it was Jonathan Ward Chris Banjo threw it he was the up man completed the pass downfield on fourth and two on the fake punt 
Cliff Kingsbury and Jeff Rogers just rolled the dice. Oh my goodness. Did you see the catch, Wolf? He basically caught it on the back of the defender, Nashawn Wright, who committed the penalty. He, he pinned it to the helmet of Wright <laughs> and then pulled it in as he went to the ground. So it's a catch, so they declined the penalty because he actually caught the ball, and he, and he caught it on the helmet and the back of Nashawn Wright. I, I, I don't want to exaggerate, but I don't think I have ever <laughs> seen that in this league, in this game before. See, this is why you listen to Dave Pash and Ron Wolfley, even if the Cardinals are away. Turn down the radio, turn down the TV, turn up the radio, because Pash knew it was caught. Joe Buck, Troy Aikman didn't know it was a catch. It took them like 10 minutes to And they're worried out. about who's lining up in the slot. Talk about the catch. Finally, Aikman's like, that's a David Tyree type catch. By the way, the uh, first ever pass attempt, period, for Chris Banjo. He had never attempted a pass at any level of his career. So, Do you want to remind us how many guys have thrown oh, passes yes. this year? Maybe Kyle Vandenbosch knows this trivia question. There have been five Arizona Cardinals players this season that have completed a pass. Can you name all five? And I'll give you Kyler Murray. All right. <laughs> Colt McCoy, Christian Kirk, Jonathan Ward, so I'm missing one. Uh, I'd guess uh, Rondell Moore. Completed a pass. Not like they've thrown a pass. You're, you're missing. You're missing the third string quarterback that is no longer on the roster. Oh, Chris Trevler. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah. But uh, you got Christian Kirk. That was good. Yeah, I remember that one. <laughs> all right. So the decision, first of all, to go for it on fourth and two at your 36, up three nothing. That's one thing. And then the play design is another. What stood out to you about that, either before the snap or after the snap? Uh. Yeah, I mean, just just to call that in that situation um, so early in the game, uh, it was it, it was incredibly gutsy call. I mean, obviously, um, again, uh, credit to the coaches for seeing something on film for the players for executing. Um, you know, it's not like he was wide open, and it's not it's not like it was a great throw, but um, it all worked out. And and um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, you can't say enough about that catch. I don't know why it's not on TV. You know, in a loop constantly because it was incredible not not only to catch that i don't know how he saw it to pin it up against the defender but from the point that he had it pinned up against the defender to secure it once he got to the ground i don't know how that happened with all those cowboys players around there never got two hands on the football did jonathan ward on that play here's head coach cliff kingsbury and aj green on that catch Coach Rogers had a great play design, and then that, that catch it was unbelievable. I've never seen anything like it. So uh, I knew we were getting the PI either way, but what a what a great catch and um, great design by Coach Rogers. And I hate to tell you, receivers, but Jonathan Ward had the catch of the game on the fake punt. I mean, come on now, you got to give was, it up. That was unbelievable. I never I never seen a catch like that. That was a, a great play by him. So the Cardinals, again, get the win in Dallas, 25-22. Now they set their sights on the Seattle Seahawks coming up on Sunday. 2.25 is the kickoff. 9.30 a.m. pregame coverage begins on the Arizona Cardinals radio network. Cardinals looking to sweep the regular season series for the first time since 2009. A win and some help. If the Rams lose at home to the 49ers, then the Cardinals would win the NFC West. If that doesn't happen, then the Cardinals, at no worse, are a five seed in the playoffs. But this is a very good Seahawks team, Kyle, at least coming into this contest, having beaten the Lions 51-29. 
Yeah, uh, so they seem to have it clicking. Um, you know, they, they when I was on teams, if I wasn't in the playoffs, there's nothing I wanted to do more than, um, you know, trying to ruin somebody else's day um, who was trying to get in the playoffs or prepare for the playoffs. Um, you know, the offense was rolling. Um, a, you know, almost 500 yards of offense, 265 yards of rushing. So, um, you know, Rashad Penny, um, he, he's he's kind of found himself and and is playing really well. So, it, you know, it will be a challenge. And on top of that, you've got the emotions of uh, potentially being Russell Wilson's last game as a Seahawk. Um, it's uh, you know there will be a lot of emotion, and, and you can't expect the Seahawks just to roll over because they're not in the playoffs. I would think that's their best game of the year. I mean, they ran the ball 41 times for 265 yards. Penny had 172 touchdowns. Russell Wilson, very efficient, 20 for 29, 236, four touchdown passes. DK Metcalf, six catches, 63 yards, three touchdowns. That was the best game they played this year, and you could see Wilson's getting more comfortable coming back from the injury. Cardinals face Russell Wilson in Game 2 following his finger surgery. So, yes, he's a lot more comfortable. Rashad Penny, he's finally healthy. He's had at least 135 yards in three of the last four games. So, once again, it's going to be about stopping the run. Now, as a player, Kyle, I don't know if you've been in this situation, but because of playoff scenarios – Rams 49ers are kicking off at 225. 49ers need uh, to win. They can also get in if the Saints lose at the Falcons. That game is also kicking off at 225. How much is that discussed, or is someone on the sideline going, hey, you know what, the score is this, this, and maybe we change this and that? I've been in that exact situation. Um, We were playing New England. We needed to beat them to get in, but we needed help. And um, we were watching the scoreboard, and in the end, we didn't end up taking care of our business. So, um, you know, if I'm Cliff Kingsbury, I ask uh, the people at State Farm Stadium, don't put the scores up, don't show highlights. Um, You don't want the players to be distracted. You want them to focus on the task at hand. Finish with a win, finish with 12 wins on the season, and 5-1 and one within the division. That would be an accomplishment as well. Again, Cardinals and Seahawks in the regular season finale at 225 on Sunday. Special thanks behind the scenes, our senior broadcast manager and producer, Jim Omohundro, technical director, Cody Fincher. For Kyle Vandenbosch, Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you in one week's time. Get you ready for the postseason. This is the Cardinals Red Sea Report here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. You've been listening to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Kirk, he got it. He's in. Touchdown. Buda Baker with the sack. Stripped the ball. Murray's going to score. Touchdown. Oh, baby. The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by the Arizona Cardinals mobile app. Visit azcardinals.com slash app. Touchdown. Cardinals win. This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals Football Club. Oh.